Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. ...interview that I'm super excited about with Dr. Ivan Misner. Dr. Ivan, how are you, sir? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for inviting me, Glenn. I really appreciate it. Man, thank you for being here. Are you kidding me? Uh, Dr. Misner, is it Misner or Miser? I want to make it's, sure I'm saying that right. <laughs> it's Misner. That's okay. I apologize. I've been, I've been called worse. I've been called worse. <laughs> well, I think it's important to get those things correct right up front, Mr. Dr. Misner. So I apologize Yeah, call, for that. call me Ivan, please, Glenn. Okay, Ivan it is. <laughs> Ivan is from the University of Southern California. He is a New York Times bestselling author who has written 26 that's right, you heard it here first, folks. 26 books, including one of his latest books, Who's in Your Room. He's also a columnist for entrepreneur.com and has been a university professor as well as a member of the Board of Trustees for the University of Laverne. Called the father of modern networking by both Forbes and CNN, <laughs> Ivan 
My man Ivan is considered to be one of the world's <laughs> leading experts on business networking and has been a keynote speaker for major corporations and associations throughout the world, featured in the LA Times, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, as well as numerous TV radio shows, including CNN, the BBC, the Today Show on NBC. And then, of course, he's also had many awards. If somebody could grab that hot mic, I would appreciate it. Uh, he's also had many awards, including being named Humanitarian of the Year by the Red Cross and has been the recipient of the John Maxwell Leadership Award. He is proud that he and his late wife, Elizabeth, are the co-founders of the BNI Charitable Foundation. They also reached empty nester status after happily raising three of their children. Oh, and by the way, and this is one I wanted to talk about right out the gate, Ivan, you're also an amateur magician. Talk to me about that. I want to know why magic you feel is important in the world? Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's entertainment. And uh, I became an amateur magician with the operative word being amateur. Uh, although I was a member, a, a magician member of the Magic Castle, the Academy of Magic, Magic Arts uh, in Los Angeles for probably, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Um, I, I, I loved magic as a kid. And uh, when my eldest daughter was about six, maybe seven. I bought a couple of magic tricks at some store. They were cheap magic tricks. And uh, I probably bought three, three or four of them. And I came home and I showed her the magic and she's like, ooh, ah, that's amazing. And so <laughs> she thought it was so cool. I went back to the store, I bought every magic trick they had. Came back, you know, spent a couple hours, learned them, did them all and and then it was like show me more daddy show me more and i'm like i don't have any more so i find out there was a magic store about five miles from my house a professional magician's store and i went down there <laughs> and every month professional magic tricks are expensive so every month i would buy a new magic trick and learn it and do it and after you know maybe five years i had quite a collection of i had a professional magician do a show at my house I showed him all my stuff, and he was like, man, you got more magic tricks than I do. <laughs> and uh, it was always fun. I just did it for my kids and, you know, maybe my kids' parties, but I was never a professional magician. Well, I love that. I think that's really special because I feel like a lot of the, uh, the magic in the world sometimes can get lost, especially for our younger kids that are exposed yeah. to so much these days, you know? Yeah, you know, we, I think we, we, many of us, myself, uh, in, in an age group that we grew up in a chocolate and vanilla world and today it's a Baskin Robbins 31 flavors world um, there are so many choices to make both good and bad um, that uh, you know children today uh, are just um, given so many different options that could take them in a positive direction or a negative way negative direction and I certainly didn't have quite those choices when I was young yeah, that's for sure. How do you how do you, how do you feel about that? Yesterday, I was on with um, we had Jason on the editor in chief of Entrepreneur, and got to spend some time with him yesterday. And he was talking about how you know people will say that because of tech, like technology is ruining the world, right? Like it's ruining yeah. kids, it's ruining the future, so on and so forth. And his opinion was. You know, every generation complains about what's next, but ultimately it is an integration of tradition and what's old and then the new. And that's ultimately how we advance. And it's a positive thing. How would your what would your take be on the uh, the state of technology and connectivity and things that we have today when it comes to the next generation? Well, I would agree with him. Um, there's a, an old quote. I don't remember it exactly, but it's something to the effect of um, our Children don't respect their elders anymore. Um, they spend time playing games. They live, you know, they, they like leisure time. Uh, and that was written by Plato. And so, I mean, it's like every generation. <laughs> I, I know. That. It's like every generation uh, points to the next generation and says, yeah, they're, they're lazy. They, they're not going to become anything. And so um, I, I, I take those kinds of comments a little bit with a grain of salt. I, I have uh, a lot of hope for the upcoming generations, and even when it comes to networking, because people say to me, they, they don't know how to talk to people, they don't know how to network. 
hello, we didn't know how to network. When, when I started BNI, I, I method acted my way through the process of learning how to do this because we don't teach this in colleges and universities anywhere in the world. We didn't 40 years ago, we don't today. And I think that actually gives today's generation a little bit of an advantage. Because although, you know, my generation, we had to actually talk to each other in person, um, the, this generation is great at talking to people online. Uh, venues like Clubhouse, uh, even, you know, interacting on Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram, um, Facebook, they're fantastic at that. And that's a skill set that we certainly didn't have when we were younger. And so I have great hope for the next year. We just need to teach them how to, how to network in person. But uh, it took me a lot of years and the people around me do it either. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that up, uh, Ivan, because one of the questions that I had for you, you have built uh, the largest networking, uh, business networking group in the world. And one of the questions that I had for you is with today's technology, if you had, if you would have had today's technology back when you started this, what would you have done to build faster and maybe even more impactful than what you were able to create uh, over the last, what, 30 years, I believe it is? Yeah, 30, 36 years. I started BNI in 1985. Uh, well, you know, the internet didn't exist in 1985. Um, I think that the internet is a force multiplier in growing a network. When the internet really started to become popular around 1996, um, BNI had 500 groups at that point. And so many people, particularly the media, was, isn't this going to put BNI out of business? And what's really interesting is in the first 11 years, we opened 500 groups. And, and, and I'll explain what a group is for those who don't know. Um, but in the second 11 years, from 1996 to 2007, we went from 500 groups to 5,000 groups. So uh, from 19, yeah, 1996 to 2007, 5,000 groups. So, it, you know, the Internet's a force multiplier. We now have over 10,400. As of this morning, 10,416 chapters, and a chapter is made up of one person per professional category, professional classification. Our chapters get together every week in person up until the point that COVID hit. And uh, now most of the groups are still meeting online. And so the internet saved my company. Because then when you think about it, 10,000 well, when COVID hit, we had 9,700 groups. Um, in every week, we were disrupted as much and more than many companies around the world because we were a total in-person business. And we transitioned, we pivoted within weeks to an online platform. And we now have almost all of our groups still meeting online, some of them in a hybrid, some, you know, some meetings online, some in person where it is safe. And so technology um, is a powerful tool. And it's nothing to be afraid of. Because if you don't embrace technology, you will be disrupted. I uh, wrote uh, three years ago, 2018. I wrote an article for Entrepreneur. It's, it's still up there today. And basically said, the, this is in 2018. It said, the future of face-to-face -face is online. And when I said that, my organization was like, oh, the old man's losing it. <laughs> you know what's going on? This, right. this, he's crazy. And now I said it not because I saw COVID coming, because I did not, uh, but I saw the technology advancing. Uh, mixed reality technologies, 3D technologies, holographic imaging. Uh, I read a report where uh, the vice president of Linden Labs said that within 10 years, and this was three years ago, uh, mixed reality technologies will be as commonplace as the iPhone. So imagine a meeting, you know, and, and 3D technologies is that commonplace. Imagine a meeting like, you remember the Jedi Knights where you have these holographic oh, images yeah. there's, there's like a couple of holographic jedis and then a, a real <laughs> jedi 
right? I, I know as crazy as that sounds, I think we're not real far. We're maybe, you know, a decade away or so from something like that. And when we get there, Glenn, I, I want to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. So do you, do you think anything is lost in that? Like, is there anything that's been lost in the virtual meetings versus the in-person? Or do you think it's just as effective? No, I think there are things that are lost, no question about it. But the more the technology improves so that you are looking at someone uh, where you can really tell facial features, hand gestures, uh, where it becomes more three-dimensional, it will get better and better and better. I saw a Microsoft uh, technology that was look, like looking through glass at somebody else. And it was totally three-dimensional. And, you know, you're looking at a, a basically what appears to be a piece of glass and a person on the other side. And it's totally three-dimensional. And I think that's, that kind of thing is, is absolutely in the future. Is something lost at this point? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, having a conversation, is it the same? Okay, in my era, was it the same having a telephone call with somebody as it was meeting them in person? Well, no. Meeting online, is that the same as meeting in person? Well, no, but it's better than a phone call because at least I can look into their two-dimensional eyes and catch much of the facial expression. And so it's not quite as good. And that's one of the reasons why I think the future for BNI and for many networking organizations is a hybrid program where maybe we meet online several times a month and we meet in person you know, once or several times a month because that, nothing beats shaking someone's hands, looking them in the eyes and having an in-person conversation. So I don't think it's either or, it will be both and for some transitional period, which might be a long time. Yeah, I think that um, you and I are definitely aligned in that thought process, and uh, you, and, you, you, you and I need to, to, to connect a little bit more. I actually created a automotive um, networking with owners and general managers of dealerships, and that's what we do. We do virtual, we meet weekly virtual, and then every four months we have a retreat where we meet in person and yeah. fist bump and high five and, and do some uh, crazy things, go on adventures that's powerful. and things like that. That's powerful. And, and, you know, we get people in, in the organization that are complaining about, you know, I have Zoom fatigue. Well, I think, you know, buck up buttercup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, if, what if this had happened in 1990 instead of 2020 or even in 2000 versus 2020? We would have so many more bankruptcies. We'd have so either that or we'd have a whole lot more deaths. The technology that exists has saved millions of businesses. Has it been tough? Yes, no question about it. But it has saved so many businesses. And so you have to embrace this technology in order to move forward. There are so many examples of companies that refuse to embrace technology. One of my favorites is Kodak. And many of you may know this story, but Kodak invented the digital camera. They had the patent on the digital camera. And they, they decided, the executives decided they didn't want to interfere with their film processing business. And so they licensed the technology to other companies. How'd that work out for them? Not so well. They even had a, a, an executive who went on record saying, you know, yeah, we'll license this out. Besides, who's going to look at photographs on a computer? Nobody's going to do that. You know, and, 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 and you people know, obviously, love the process of developing the film. That's yeah, i got to drive down, leave it, <laughs> come back a few days later, figure out if my settings were right. Yeah, no. This, they just they missed the boat totally. And, um, and I realized back when I wrote this article was, was that B&I was either going to be disrupted or that we could lead the disruption. And I'm really proud to say that I, I, I believe we helped lead their disruption. Well, that, is, that, is, uh, that is incredible and 100% uh, agree and in line. You and, I are, and by the way, I have a team that when normally they'll, uh, they'll take like a quote or two from the people that I interview and they'll tweet those out. So to the team, I just want to say, buck up, buttercup is Dr. <laughs> Ivan's quote from today. 
We need to tweet that out because I think everybody needs to hear that because I think there's some real wisdom in that. Let's talk about these groups. You mentioned for yeah. those that don't really know or understand uh, what a group is or, or how it works. Could you share with us uh, what the group is and kind of what the vision and um, vision mission behind BNI? Well, one of our chapters, as I mentioned, has one person per professional category. We get together every week and we pass each other referrals. So uh, in, in last year, the group, as you mentioned, passed millions of referrals and generated billions of dollars for our members. Uh, I think uh, 2020 was, uh, I think, 16 billion in business. Uh, but what's interesting is the trailing past 12 months from last month, go back a year, it's been 18 billion in the middle of COVID. $18 billion in business for our members. So, I mean, people are still doing business out of there, uh, uh, you know, out there, but they just have to be willing uh, to, to pivot and change their, their business model. Uh, a pivot is what started BNI for me. I ran a management consulting business, and in 1984, I lost a big client that I thought would renew the contract. And I had gone to a lot of networking groups uh, in 83, 84, a lot. And a lot of the ones I went to were very mercenary. You know, I'd go to these meetings, everyone was trying to sell to me, and I felt like I'd been slimed. And I had to go home and get a shower because everyone was just using networking as a face-to-face -face cold calling opportunity. And then I went to these other groups that were totally social. It was happy hour and hors d'oeuvres, nobody was doing business. And I thought, this is a waste of my time. Uh, I don't like these kinds of groups. And so I created a group that, that was positive and supportive, uh, that was focused on business, but that wasn't totally social. And the glue that would hold it all together is our principal core value of giver's game. This idea that if I help you uh, build your business, you'll help me, and we'll all do better as a result of it. It's got to start with giving, not taking, but giving. And that simple phrase uh, really laid the groundwork for the vision and mission of the company. Our, our vision statement is changing the way the world does business. And our mission is to help people increase each other's business through a structured, positive, professional referral marketing platform. And luckily, we used that phrase and didn't say in-person platform when we created the mission statement many, many, many years ago. So that's what we do. And we do it online and in-person now, mostly still online. And we've got 10,416 groups, uh, 70 countries around the world. Incredible. And what, what are the average sizes for those groups? Well, the, the statistical mean worldwide is around, last time I saw it was around 26, 27. Uh, but we have chapters that can be as much as 100, 100 members, 100 groups. Okay, gotcha. So you have one leader of the chapter, which is an expert in a different field. So there's no duplication of experts, is that correct? Yeah, it, that's basically correct. You might see two real estate agents. One does uh, commercial, one does residential. Uh, you, you often see two insurance agents. One does life, health, disability. The other does property casualty. Um, sometimes a group will have multiple attorneys with different specialties, family law, contract law, uh, tr wills and trusts. So you might get some different attorneys, but they have a different specialty. And, um, and, and those tend to work out really well because they end up actually referring to each other a lot of business if they have a, uh, a specialty. So yeah, one person per profession. The reason I set it up that way was um, I, I didn't want my competition in the room. I, right. I, started, I started one group. I'd like to tell you I had this vision of an international organization, but I started one group to get referrals for my consulting practice and to help my friends who I knew needed help with referrals. And someone came to me and asked if I would help them open up a second group. And I actually told her no. I said, no, this isn't what I do. I'm a business consultant. And she talked me into it. She said, well, you know, it's kind of consulting. You're helping me build my business. Well, you know, that's a stretch, but okay. So we opened a second group and people came to that and said, this is great. Would you help me open up a group? And at the end of a year, I had 20 chapters. And so I started in January of 85. In December of 85, I always take between Christmas and New Year's off to reflect and to look forward. <clears throat> and that year is like, what the heck just happened? This was, this was not part of my plan because <laughs> I have a, a strategic plan that I worked. And that's when I had my Brody moment. 
So do you remember Sheriff Brody from the movie Jaws? Oh, yeah. So uh, he sees the shark for the first time. He walks up to the captain and he says, I think we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> right. And, and that's, that's when I had my Brody moment, which was, this is going to be way bigger than I thought. And that's when I created the strategic plan for the organization. Uh, because the first year I was just winging it. I just was responding to the marketplace. Um, but the second year I had a plan and that plan was to grow the company. And ironically, I had a goal of, um, um, I had to go to the library to do the number crunching because this was back before, you know, Monsieur Google, where you could just look stuff up. I went to the library, checked out books on populations and number of cities and did all this research. So by the middle of 1986, I thought it was possible, just possible that someday we would have 10,000 chapters. And I remember telling a friend of mine that, and so this is 18 months after BNI started. And I said, I think BNI can have 10,000 chapters someday. And he looked at me and he said, and, um, and how many chapters do you have now? Five. I said, 30. He said, you have 30 chapters and you think you can have 10,000. I said, yeah, I, I really do. And I remember him saying, well, you know, it's good to have goals, Ivan, very good to have goals. And here we are in 2020, uh, last year, we crossed the 10,000 chapter market. So how does this fit for people who are listening? Whatever business you're in, you've got to have a big vision. It's got to be, you know, based on data, it's got to be a realistic vision. But set that vision and don't let people convince you it's not possible if you have the data supporting it. Don't. Now, you, you know, sometimes you don't have the data supporting it. You might want to pay attention to what people are suggesting. But if you've got the data to support it and the experience to support it, um, hold your vision. Ho always hold your vision, not the obstacle. And when you do that, you can scale your business. I absolutely love that. And what I love most about this conversation right now is you're you're like answering all of my questions before I can even ask them, <laughs> right, which is I'll great. Stop. No, That's you and I are, it, that, that, <laughs> that tells me that we are in an energetic, uh, uh, we're on the same frequency, because that was literally what I was going to ask you is, uh, you know, in those early days, if you had a big vision of it being this big, and if, if there were people that would uh, maybe dismiss that vision, I was <laughs> yeah. curious about that. So yeah, I appreciate that you just shared that um, along the same lines as the groups and the chapters. Yeah. I, I know that yeah. you have, oh, there's a hot mic there. Where's that hot mic? Or is that him? Oh, that's Jude. All right. I'm that's not me. Yeah, that's Jude. All right, no problem. Jude's looking. Uh, along the same line of the groups and, and, and the chapters, one of your experts, uh, Nathan Akpan, he is here uh, right now. I know he's the leader of one of, the, one of your rooms. And so I wanted to make sure Nathan had an opportunity to, Say hello and also jump in here. Uh, Nathan, did you have anything that you wanted to share about BNI or any questions that you had for Dr. Ivan while, we're, uh, while, we're, while we've got him? Yes, uh, Glenn, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, um, Ivan. I'm so used to calling you Dr. Meisner, so I, I, might, I might just, <laughs> that might just happen. <laughs> um, no worries. So, so, so great to have you here. Um, so just, just as a reference, um, BNI Mid-America chapter, um, is is basically where where I am. Uh, are you familiar with Mike Tobin? I would assume you are. Yes, of course. Of course. So um, we have so, we have fourteen thousand BNI directors now, so I'm not familiar with everyone. But Mike's been uh, with BNI for a long time. So yes, yeah. and, and I I figured you would because um, he's been a champion for the cause for um, had been at least for for a long time. So the in the Mid America chapter where I was, um, there was only one in Columbia, so in Columbia, Missouri. There was only one chapter, and when I got into the automotive industry, um, there was a one of the top salesperson on the team was just crushing, it. and I was like, "What is this guy doing? Like, what is this deal, dude?" And he was like, "Oh, you know, I work hard." I was like, "Stop it! <laughs> What's the secret?" And he he was like, "You know." I, I'm in this networking group because there was always people coming in and asking for him and asking for him. I was like, wow, how do I join this group? He was like, well, you can't. I'm like, what? What do you mean you can't? He was like, well, 
It's only one person per profession, and it's the only group in town. I was like, huh, okay, well, I'll wait till you quit, <laughs> and then I'll join. And I waited a year. That didn't happen. I was like, you know what? We need to fix this problem. So I sat down, I hunted Mike down, and, you know, planned how can we start another chapter? And, you know, fortunately now in, in our town, I, there, was, there were about eight chapters from that one chapter that started off of that inquiry. Um, so the, the power of BNI is, is incredible, is exponential. For those who do not know, um, in, if you're in any sales or service business, it is something that will dramatically change your life. But one of the things that I can also say about having served in that leadership position as a president of that first chapter is the leadership skills, um, the personal growth that also comes from that. You know, we had people who would not even get up and say hi. <laughs> Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day ending up being transformed and ending up yeah. being chapter presidents and developing into this wonderful speakers. We're, we're going to hopefully have an opportunity to touch on that a little bit, the life transforming ability of a putting yourself out there, right? You know, yeah. that, you know, buck up buttercup and the, the structure that BNI offers. But I want you, I want you to touch on something real quick. Um, there are two things when I think of you, there are two really clear thoughts that come to my mind. Number one, giver's gain. Um, well, also just to preface, we've, we've met probably twice in, in the St. Louis conferences over the years when you've, you've come by, but you've met millions of people, so I don't expect that you remember my face. But I'm looking, the, I'm looking at your picture, Nathan, and absolutely, it's a great, to, great to see you here on Clubhouse again. My pleasure, my pleasure, and Apparently, B and I grow some massive muscles on these people <laughs> that dude in that picture is huge my gosh nathan i think he's got a superman outfit underneath <laughs> it. he must he must <laughs> it's a giver's gain mentality so uh dr Meiser, so can you tell us about so this statement so number one i think of giver's gain when i think of you and i think of bni because obviously that's what it drummed into that's the philosophy just from day one but the other thing um that you usually harp on and Mike always used to harp on was the culture beats strategy for breakfast. Yeah. Could you talk about that? What does that phrase, that statement mean to you and how can people integrate that idea into their lives, their businesses and their teams? Well, the organizational culture is the secret sauce for a successful company. And if you don't spend time if, if we, all of us, don't spend time uh, working diligently on the culture, the culture will be created without us, and it might not be what we want. And, and you say, you know, you heard me talk about it a lot. It's because I talk about it a lot. And the reason is that you, it, you have to continually reinforce culture. Now, how do you create culture? That's, that's, what, that's kind of the big question. How do you create a healthy culture within an organization. And so I have kind of a different perspective that I haven't heard people talk about before. I think uh, culture begins with processes in your business that work. Uh, you know, when I started BNI, I threw a lot of stuff at the wall to see what would stick. And as I discovered what worked, I wrote it down and I told stories about it and I trained people on it. And so those processes become tradition. And traditions within an organization are the things you tell stories about. So you know, I learned how to do a kickoff because when you do this and you do that, and then these things happen, and accountability is important because of these reasons. And so you tell stories about those processes. Your traditions then become your core values. And core values are so important. Most companies will start with a few core values. 
I think having them organically grow is really important. So I start, certainly started with um, uh, giver's gain and accountability. Those were important. Recognition, those, those core values uh, existed from day one. But over the years, then we added a few more core values. And the core values that are lived within an organization create the culture. So it goes from processes to traditions, to core values, to culture. And that's the reason we constantly talk about core values in the organization, is to help keep the culture alive. And um, you know, the principal core value is, is giver's gain. And to me, giver's gain is more than a phrase. It's a way of living one's life. It's a perspective to view and interact with the world. It's an attitude not an expectation. And when it's applied properly, it'll change your life. And when it changes enough lives, it'll change the world. Mm, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. And, you know, and, and, and just seeing the fact that the culture that was built around that organization, which, you know, obviously, as we, we say in BNI, it's a sales team, right? You have a sales yeah. team. Um, although there is much strategy behind how it's ran, the culture is always prioritized first. And you can tell that between different chapters and different groups that you go to, ones who have um, less, a less than stellar culture, yes. you can easily feel the energy and you have visitors come and they say, you know what, the energy of this group, man, I wanna be a part of this. I wanna be a part of it. Yeah. I wanna do business with you guys because you guys are cool. Right. And, and so, let's 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 take that if we can. I want you to finish your, your thought. I'm sorry, but I want to take this to, in a way that applies to everybody here. The same concept applies to whatever company you're involved in. There are departments that are living the culture. There are departments that aren't. There are employees who are living the culture. There are employees who aren't. And the more you can get a team of people who are living the culture, the more successful you're going to have your business. This is not about BNI. This is about business. And so what Nathan here is talking about applies to all of us, not just BNI, but I appreciate your kind words about BNI and I cut you off, Nathan. What were you gonna say? Oh, no, no not at all. You, you said it exactly right. And, and what I was gonna say is also in terms of the leader, um, what, the one thing that I, I learned um, very strategically was when I, when I first became our president, I, I was only like, I don't know, 24 and I had a room full of people who are like twice my age and I had to lead these people. But the one thing that I always had to lean back on was, you know, I think Mike would always tell me, your job is to reinforce the culture. Your job is to be the, the, the minister, to be the evangelist of this culture and the vision. Because obviously we have the, the group goals and the money that you want to, you know, um, you want to achieve. And, and I think so many times leaders end up trying to be strategists. They're, they're so buried in the numbers that they forget the culture that is important to drive those numbers. Um, how would you say that culture, reinforcing the culture of BNI from the larger macro perspective, and now you're looking at a global company, how, how has that really saved you from the different trials that I, I am sure you've undoubtedly experienced over the years? Well, I, you know, you, you bring up a, a good point about uh, leadership. I think that leadership is not about managing and complying. It's about mobilizing and inspiring. And a really great leader certainly knows their numbers, but it's about mobilizing and inspiring people. And um, they need to be the culture champion, uh, because I think that helps to inspire, you know, your team to to move forward, especially if they all understand the core values and are living those core values. Did, did that answer your question, or did I miss the did I miss the mark on that one? No, that that was excellent. And just um just in case um, anybody else has some questions, as I do want you, if you could, um, hopefully we give folks a good hot nugget um, that they can implement, even if they are not part of VNI chapter. I've always been enamored and fascinated by the idea of power teams and how the power teams work. Um, could you explain what that concept is and perhaps um, um, give people an idea or a pitch as to why they ought to, say, create a power team within their 
circle yes. that they can, they can work with. Yes, yeah, so uh, I've written about it in a number of books. Uh, the latest um, variation is in a book called um, Networking Like a Pro. My co-author is Brian Hilliard. And uh, that was published by Entrepreneur Press, um, who I, I write for. So uh, check it out there. But here, here's a, a description of a power team. Uh, imagine the, you know, the entire world of business professionals that are out there. Now think about the professions that are symbiotic with yours. They're in uh, they're incompatible, non-competitive professions, like a, a lawyer, a CPA, a banker, a business consultant. Uh, they all have clients who have similar needs, and they're coming at them from a different perspective. The caterer, the florist, the, photo the photographer, the travel agent. I call that the wedding mafia. You know, once they bring you in, they don't let you out. They work together. And so people who are symbiotic with you, professions, I should say, that are symbiotic with you, are part of your contact sphere. Now, there's a lot of people uh, in those professions that are in, you know, that are in your context sphere. So you want to pick one. So if you're, you know, doing weddings, you want to have one photographer, one florist, one travel agent, and that becomes your power team. So a power team is a subset of the contact spheres. Team, uh, you end up actually referrals back and forth within a power team than you do within, you know, your, oftentimes within your entire business, at least on a per capita basis. Power team members will give you more referrals per capita than anyone else. I do not suggest you limit your referral development, but it's sort of the heart and soul of your referral development. Create a relationship with one, don't do two, three, four people. You may think, well, I don't, why wouldn't I do two or three? I mean, it'd be better for me. Yeah, it's better for you, it's not for them. And at some point, they'll figure that out and you'll get the boot from the power team. So you want it to be uh, reasonably equitable uh, where you're, you're really referring them uh, as a rule and they're referring you. There's always exceptions, but generally speaking, that's what you want to do. Does that does that describe it adequately for you, Nathan? I mean, I it know does. you know, but I'm yes, sir. It, it does. I think I think folks can get that. Yeah. Um, because there is this idea of scarcity, and I'm going to get as much mm. as I can, and yeah. and and if we fall back on that givers gain mentality, as you just said, it's not about you. You want to you want to really really give them as much as possible, and just by doing that, you trigger that law of reciprocity. Because yeah. they were like, wow, she sends me referrals every week. Mm. Well, guess what? As soon as they have business, who are they going to send it to? They're almost obligated to do yeah. that. So yeah. I, I think that's a, it's an incredible idea. It's one that has for sure um, benefited me greatly over the years. And I think if each professional were to think very deeply and clearly about who they would love to create this very mutual um almost monogamous the relationship yeah. with, um, it would be very, very beneficial financially. Um, Glenn, I, I've got questions, but I'm gonna turn it over to you, so hopefully you can uh, um, you know, invite other people to the table. Well, thank you, Nathan. I appreciate you, and I appreciate those questions. I was taking all kinds of incredible notes over here, um, so I definitely appreciate that. I wanna expand it out, and then, yes, we will have time for a couple uh, other questions. I did want to expand real quick, though, because I was curious when I look at um, BNI and I look at the local chapters and kind of getting the local referrals uh, for those in the room, including myself, that have more of a, um, a I don't want to say global reach, but more of a, it's not geographical, right? Like, for mm -hmm. example, I'm looking, you know, I work with owners and general managers of dealerships all over the country. And so mm -hmm. how does BNA, BNI, your organization, how does that help in, in a, I guess what I'm saying is we're in a season where a lot more people are doing a lot more business outside of their state, outside of their yeah. neighborhood, outside of their communities. And so how does this work when it comes to, um, to that if we're looking to reach clients across the country? Right. Well, referrals aren't limited to um, your neighborhood. 
you know, I built BNI. We're in, like I said, over 70 countries, all but two. Only two countries out of the 70 plus countries I'm in were referrals. So somebody referred someone from another country who contacted me and said, hey, uh, so-and-so referred me and I want to talk to you about it. Or I was visiting and met them and that, you know, and they took me to a BNI chapter or whatever. And, and so um, there are all referrals. So referrals don't happen just in your neighborhood. Uh, so, you know, you want to put it out in the world that you're looking for people uh, anywhere that you want to do business. And you'll be surprised that if you do that enough, you'll get them. But within the BNI context in particular, we have a platform called BNI Connect, which is a walled garden community. It's just, uh, you have to be a BNI member to be on BNI Connect. And the, the vision statement for BNI Connect is a local business global network. So you can get on BNI Connect and connect with people anywhere in the world and um, talk to them about uh, about your business. And we, you know, we recommend you do it properly, which would be don't just spam members, but uh, go visit. If, if you want to do business in um, the United Kingdom, go visit a chapter in the United Kingdom. Now, right now, that's really easy because you can, you can drop in on a Zoom meeting. Um, go visit and, and meet people at a meeting. But if you are, um, you know, when we do go back to in-person, if you happen to be in another country where you want to do business, um, the beauty of BNI is that if you say, I'm a BNI member in the U.S., can I drop in? I'd like to see your meeting. I'd like to participate. Chapters roll out the red carpet to members from around the world. And so there's often a visitor from some other country who then, I mean, how would you like to go to another country and have four meetings in a week with uh, local business community leaders and then set up one-to-ones uh, from those meetings during the week and have a dozen meetings to help promote the business that you're trying to do locally. You can do that in BNI if you do it properly and just don't use networking as a face-to-face -face cold calling opportunity, but a way to actually meet and connect with people. That whole yeah. giver's game. In a game. healthy way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. giver's game. You know, networking is more about farming than it is about hunting. It's about mm. cultivating relationships. So I you got to like do it from that. the perspective of, there you go, there's another tweet that you can send out. <laughs> uh, it's more about farming than hunting. I like that a lot. Uh, Ivan, I want to ask you a question from a friend of mine. Uh, she wasn't able to unmute uh, on here, but she did have a question for you. And so yeah. we talk in this room specifically, this is Breakfast with Champions. And one of the things that we talk about in this room is that uh, if you notice, if you just look around, it's probably one of the most diverse places that you'll ever participate in. We have people from all different belief systems, all different backgrounds, all different ethnicities, all different political views on both sides, right? We have yeah. a very wide variety of people. And so what I like to say in here often is that we are not necessarily a group of like-minded people. We are a group yeah. of like-hearted people. We all share a heart for elevating one another, encouraging one another, holding one another accountable. Like we all share a heart for that, but we don't yeah. necessarily like in, in a lot of ways we, we, think completely differently uh, philosophically. And so some people kind of say that that's not sustainable, that that doesn't work, that ultimately you, you kind of got to be in the room with people that think like you, um, you know, that have the sim similar, similar um, belief systems and values. Do you think that the members in your chapters across the board, would you say they're more like-hearted, like-minded, or both? Well, they're certainly like-hearted uh, if they really practice the philosophy of giver's gain. They're like-minded from the sense that they uh, both, they all want to um, help one another build each other's business. But from a perspective of politics or religion, we, we don't talk politics or religion in BNI. Uh, and we have a pretty strong policy about uh, staying out of that because it is divisive you know, we'll, oh God, I've seen, I've seen groups just crash and burn because um, they wanted to, you know, talk about some political issue at a meeting and it just creates chaos. And so, um, and you, people will, unless you are a close personal friend, you'll never know what my politics are. 
And, and I love it because some people will say to me, well, yeah, it's clear that you're a conservative. And then, you know, the next day somebody will say, well, it's clear that you're a liberal. And I'm like, cool, I'm doing my job. <laughs> you know, nobody <laughs> knows. this right. <laughs> I don't think of the founder of a global company should be telling people how to vote. How, they shouldn't be telling people how, well, I don't believe I should be telling people how to vote or I should be telling people how to think about their personal things. Uh, I want to change the world by helping people build their business. If you're gonna do that, um, you gotta, you gotta check politics and religion out at the door. And you're talking to somebody who has a bachelor's degree in political science. <laughs> That's what my bachelor's degree was in. And I, I really think that those kinds of things um, don't serve a business very well um, because it just puts off a lot of people. Sure, no doubt. And uh, I am really fascinated and maybe been a little bit selfish with this particular interview because I feel as though uh, you and I are definitely like-hearted in the uh, sense that we want to bring people together and we understand the power of, of collaboration, right? We, 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 we totally get that. And I feel as though I'm at an early stage of my journey and you're still in an early stage of what's to come for uh, B&I. I know that you're, you're not done yet, that's for sure. And uh, so it's really been an honor to meet you. I do want to create a little bit of space in case there are some here on the stage that would like an opportunity to, to ask you a question. And, and my hope is that you and I could have a further conversation um, down the road sometime because I would love to uh, extract more wisdom from you in this world. Uh, color me cooperative, my friend. <laughs> I love that. Why don't we get a mic flash if you have a question uh, for Dr. Ivan. Go ahead and flash your mic and I will find you. I hear it, but I don't see it. There it is. Let's go to Debbie. Oh, oh there are two Debbies. There's two Debbies. Let's go to Debbie Wood. And <laughs> Debbie Dowling Waba. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Dr. Meisner. First, I have Hi. to say it's an honor to share the stage with you. Thank um, you, Debbie. Call me Ivan, please. Ivan, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I am a relatively new BNI member this time around, although about 10 or 15 years ago, I was a member for close to five years. Um, I just switched sides of town to work with my sons, and I my word for the year is connection. So I decided to go another round with BNI, and I'm totally loving it. Um, totally loving it. I've met so many amazing people. I've only been in for about two or three months now, but I was just appointed the new education coordinator for our chapter. As a matter of fact, Friday is our first is my first time presenting as education coordinator. And I've got, it, it was like really just a divine intervention that you were on today. And I was listening to you because I've got three pages of notes that I have mm -hmm. to condense to three minutes for my first education coordinator met me, uh, presentation. But my question is, is what suggestions do you have for me as an education coordinator for the next year to like share the message of BNI and the networking of BNI. I loved what you said about visiting me uh, meetings in other countries. I'm, yeah. my, my platform is network marketing and um, our company is global. And I never thought about visiting other chapters in other countries to expand my business. And I, I just think that was brilliant. And it's one of the things that I'm gonna talk about on Friday, but what other suggestions do you have for me as the education coordinator and the year going forward? Thank so, you. Oh, my pleasure. And what a great question. And uh, again, I want to make sure and put the answer in a, in a context that will help uh, business people here in their situation. And th that is that you want to get engagement. Uh, there was a study published in Psychology Today uh, a few years ago that found that people in an organization who are engaged in the processes of that organization are 65% uh, more productive. Well, that's kind of a big percentage. So you want people to be engaged. And one of the best ways uh, to get them engaged is through the education coordinator. 
And you know, if you tell people, I, entrepreneurs are like, it's like herding cats, you, know? <laughs> you can't tell them what to do. So my mom, when I was 13, gave me this paperweight that said, uh, she, first of all, she said, you're a bull in a china shop, you knock people over. And then she gave me this uh, paperweight that said, diplomacy is the art of letting someone else have your way. And she said, this is about collaboration, not manipulation. It's about collaborating with people, and you have to learn how to collaborate with people. So as the education coordinator, or if, if you want to teach people in your organization something, this, this can apply. You want to get them engaged. And one of the best ways to get them engaged is to ask them, and I've had, I have a podcast on this, and, and I'm, Debbie, I'm sure you've listened to BNI podcast. Um, this, yes, I have. This story is in one of the podcasts. Um, I, I had an education coordinator who, it was a total setup. He definitely knew what he was doing. He said, um, I'm the new education coordinator. I'm really excited about this. I could either um, give you a lecture every week, you know, to, to pick a topic. You, you tell me the topics and I'll do a topic and I'll do a three minute thing on it. Or we can have a dialogue. Which would you prefer? Now, Debbie, what do you think they said? A dialogue? Yeah, of course. Entrepreneurs want to talk. And so he knew that. And it was overwhelming. Yeah, we went in dialogue. He said, fantastic. I was hoping that you would say dialogue. So we'll do dialogues. You pick the topics. We'll do dialogues. But here's the catch. In order to speak, you have to listen to the podcast. Or you have to read the material that I send you, the article or whatever. If you if you didn't listen to the recording or you didn't read the material, you cannot speak. Now, that was so brilliant because it increased the engagement of the chapter. They were like, well, if I can't talk unless I listen to it, I better listen to it. And he would make them say, he would tell them, you got to say, you know, you got to do a quote out of the podcast or a quote out of the the, 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 the reading and then ask your question or start the dialogue. And so he just, he went from having very low engagement on, on the education portion to an extreme engagement. And it made all the difference in the world. So that's the place I would start. And then you'll find a lot of other ideas on the BNI podcast. That's awesome. Thank you so much. What do you, do you know offhand which podcast it is that that was in? I don't, but if you do a search on education coordinator uh, or dialogue or some of the phrases I use, dialogue, uh, yeah, I think dialogue, you'll probably find it if you do a search on dialogue. And while we're talking, Perfect. I'll do a quick um, look. And, you know, BNI podcast, there's just 14 years of content there. So. Oh, thousands of them, thousands of them. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I love that. And we had the other Debbie. Looks like we've got one more minute here. Did the other Debbie disappear? I'm here. All right, Debbie, hop on in. Okay. Hi, De Hi, Ivan. This is Debbie. I used to be a managing director for Central Florida. I met you and Beth in Tampa, and Beth was a wonderful woman. Oh, um, I also was a chapter start director for a while here in Central Florida. Um, I guess my question to you, or, or maybe something you could share really quick, is people, when they first join BNI, a lot of them do not know how to even network. They're very uh, shy. Could you please explain, because I know you have the program, um, the member success program. Could you just touch upon that briefly about what that does for members that are joining a chapter that may be scared to join because they don't know how to properly network? Yeah, well, you, you bring up a point. It's very uh, important to get a good orientation on whatever uh, whatever it is that you're going to do, certainly whatever organization you're going to go to, you've got to have some kind of orientation. And the member success program training we do is for all new members. And of course, an existing member can go back, but it gives the basics of what it is that you need to do to be successful. Like, how do you give a good 60 second or weekly presentation? How do you do a good one? And, and most people wing it. They just stand up and they kind of meander about what they do. But there are ways of giving your weekly presentation that will have a cumulative impact on the knowledge that you're imparting on people that enable them to give you referrals more effectively. And so um, the, the training is so important. And whether you, whether you join a BNI group or, or any network, make sure it's a network that does legitimate training to teach you how to do this because we still don't teach it 
and colleges and universities. Um, the two factors that increase the size of a chapter that are hard data based is if a chapter has done member success program training, the, you know, almost 100% of the members, the chapter is more successful. The other thing is an unusual reason if you, if you bring in a new member, if you invite a new member, you, you tend to stay longer, which makes the chapter more successful. That was an interesting one. But MSP is one of the key factors because it increases engagement. Does that answer your question? Yes, I needed to, I used to teach that class, but I just wanted everybody in the room to understand that joining a thing it cannot be as intimidating as some people make it out to be and help people to be successful within the chapter. So yeah, thank really you. Important. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. I love it. I love it. I love it. And here's what we're going to do. Uh, Ivan, we're going to be handing it over here in just a second. I know we had you for an hour. I do want one last, if you don't mind, do you have time for one last no, question? I, I, I've, I've got time for you. Absolutely. Uh, I so appreciate you. The last question I want to ask you is I just want to run you through a quick scenario. So let's just say you as a, uh, this will help me tap into um really the mind and the philosophies behind Ivan. So let's just say that you were on top of a mountain and all of civilization was at the base of the mountain, right? And they're cheering your name. Ivan, 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 right? And they're cheering yeah. your name and all of a sudden somebody walks over and they hand you a microphone and they say that you have two minutes two minutes to share something with all of the human civilization, some practical application wisdom, something they can apply in their life today, this week, this month, this year. What would you tell them? I'd tell them that it's important to work in your flame and not in your wax. When you're working in your flame, you're on fire. You're excited. You love what you're doing. People can hear it in your voice and they can see it in the way you behave. When you work in your wax, it takes all your energy away. And people can hear that in your voice and they can see that in the way you behave. And if you want to have an amazing life, it's important to find your flame and to work in that flame. And to do your best to get yourself out of it. And it takes time. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to get to do what you wanna do. So I know it doesn't happen overnight, but the more you can strive to be working in your flame, um, the, m the more successful you'll be and the happier you'll be. And by the way, th this is my flame. But I, I love pouring into people and I love talking about my mistakes and my successes um, to help other people because I think you know, we all have people in our story. You could name people who've changed your life. I can. But I think the most important thing in life is not who's in your story, but whose story are you in? Whose uh, life have you changed in some way to make their life either easier or more successful from their perspective? And that's my flame. And I think when we work in our flame, we're all happier. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Work in your flame, not in your wax. It's not about who's in your story. Whose story are you in? Ivan, you are my people, sir. You are my people. <laughs> You're it very kind. Such an honor and a privilege to meet you. You guys flash your mics. Flash your mics, flash your mics for my man, Ivan. Dr. Oh Ivan Meisner. Go ahead and flash your mics. That was incredible. Uh, Ivan, what is the best way if we want to connect with you, learn more about BNI or support any of the projects you got going on? Where, where's the best way to continue our relationship with you? Oh, thank you. Well, uh, BNI.com for anyone who wants to visit a chapter, uh, you, you can go there. Uh, my blog, IvanMeisner.com, tons of free content up there. I've been blogging for 14 years. And uh, that's Ivan Meisner. You see my name on here and how it's spelled. Uh, and... Uh, 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 of course, I'm on all the social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever, uh, and uh, go there. But if you leave a message for me on IvanMeisner.com, I see it personally. I don't see all the social media posts, but I do see everything I put on my blog. So thanks for asking. And, and, and Glenn, thanks for having me on. It was a blast. 
Yeah, thank you so much for being here. I really, 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 really appreciate it. And thank you, Dora Maria, for helping make this connection for all of us here on Breakfast with Champions. We are so incredibly grateful for who you are and all that you bring uh, to this incredible, incredible space. So with that said, we're going to let Dr. Ivan off the hook, sir. Thank you again for being here. I appreciate you so very much. And we're going to be handing it over now to my friend Sue Zimmerman as they kick off the social media show and the incredible hours of programming we got going forward. So quick reset. This is Breakfast with Champions, Millionaire Breakfast Club, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We are here Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. till 5 p.m. Eastern Time, bringing you motivation, education, and inspiration. We're also here on Saturdays from 6 to noon with celebrity interviews, Q&A, and, of course, our Saturday morning sales meeting. And then don't forget, Sundays at 1-11, we do have a Sunday service. That is a prayer and worship service. We have a full-on sermon if that is your jam, please join us at 111 on Sundays. It's really a spectacular experience. And, of course, you can follow all of these things if you hit that club house in the top right-hand corner of your screen. You can become a member of the Breakfast with Champions Club to make sure that you get notified anytime we have rooms going on across this incredible app. Now, of course, if you missed any of the interview uh, with Dr. Ivan Meisner that we just had, if you missed any of that, don't worry, don't fret, you will be able to catch it on the Breakfast with Champions podcast. I'm assuming today's episode will be out in the next day or two, and so you'll be able to catch that on the Breakfast with Champions podcast. Just make sure you're subscribed over there, and while you're there, if you enjoyed any of the interview or any of the things we got going on here, we would absolutely love it if you would share that experience in a great, powerful five-star review as we are really launching um, the Breakfast with Champions podcast and catching a lot of steam with it. And it's all because of your support, your subscribes, and your reviews. So we are incredibly grateful for that. Now Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.